What is up, guys? Welcome back to our podcast series, episode number 13. Alex is not here today, along with my co-host, Fernando. It's usually one of these guys and me. We have a very special guest today, Konstantinos Orfanidis, the head instructor of House of Jiu-Jitsu Cyprus in Limassol. Hi, guys. Nice to see you, even here. Konstantinos, <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit about your story, how you started training Jiu-Jitsu? How you got into jiu-jitsu? When did you turn full-time? When did you open your gym? Uh, yeah, uh, I started jiu-jitsu probably around 13, 13 years ago. Uh, at the time is that uh, jiu-jitsu was not so well-known as it is now. Uh, I started jiu-jitsu... Uh, when I started jiu-jitsu, actually, I, mo- I moved to Limassol. And there is a guy, there was a guy came to me and told me, uh, let's, let's try something new uh, because I was training. I was training for all my life. Uh, and then he told me, um, we're doing something like we're doing martial arts. I told him, what's that? And he told me it has to do with MMA. It has to do with grappling. Uh, it's very close to judo. And my answer was all that hacking thing is not my thing. Uh, and he told me, okay, let's try. I went to my first training. I was with uh, Paniko Saravis. And I can say that from the first day, it's something that I really loved. Uh, the guy that told me to go there, it's, uh, it was, it's Costas. Costas Big Ben that has his own academy now. I remember that uh, during the first lesson, which is, you understand, you had your first lesson. It's, wow, what's going on over here? Uh, I did my first sparring. Uh, I did it with Pet- Petros. Uh, and I remember that even if I was able to take him down, uh, I remember that every time he was touching my, my label, uh, he was choking me. So it was getting me mad. So I decided that I have to learn what's going on here. And that was my first experience. I continued from there. I had an injury where I had to to pose for a little, not for a little, for a long time. It was a time that um, I, I tried also my Thai, which I really liked. But if you do Jiu-Jitsu for some time and then you try something else where the learning is not the same as Jiu-Jitsu because at Jiu-Jitsu you're learning something every day. Uh, at my Thai, when I was doing it, fourth, five months, then I started getting bored. And I remember there was a guy that also did some time jiu-jitsu and we were getting the, uh, the geese, we were getting into the ring and we were doing every stupid thing that you can imagine. We didn't know actually anything because we, we did around, we both did around one year of uh, jiu-jitsu. During that year, I was doing my first master degree, so I was not able to train so often. So I cannot say that I, I, I knew so many things. So from there on, I was doing that for some time. Of course, I had that injury that on my arm that I couldn't do much. And at the point, a guy came and told me, okay, let's go for a jiu-jitsu club. And I told him, yes, that would be a good idea, but um, I'm not sure about that. And he told me, I will, t- I will take you to my club and you're going to see that uh, we have uh, some guys and you're going to like it. I told him, okay, let's let's try. I went over there. That was the Gracie Baja. And uh, there were some guys. There were only five, six guys at that time. Uh, and I liked it a lot. Especially there were some guys that I still feel them like their brothers. Like uh, Kipros. There were many guys over there that we really became friends from the first day. Uh, so I continue from there. Uh, doing my jiu-jitsu. There were, of course, some gaps because of injuries. So that's, that's something that we cannot avoid during our jiu-jitsu do, uh, journey. And uh, it came to a point that I was started doing the lessons. Then I decided that that will be my life from now on. That will be my job. Then uh, for various reasons, I left from Gracie Baja. Uh, and after some time and a lot of thinking, I decided that I will open my own academy with some friends. Uh, 
And since then, uh, we have the house of jujitsu. Nice. And that's that's it, pretty much the story with me and uh, jujitsu journey. Um, so story. house of jujitsu. When when did that? What year did that start? That was around three years ago, something like that. Maybe something more than that. We lost the uh, counting of time because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was three and a half years, something like that. Three and a half years ago. Nice. And and on that, uh, you said a couple of times you had a couple of injuries. Um, mm -hmm. And we know that you had a recent one. Um, Lucas can talk about that. But, uh, but four years ago, I know you had a knee injury. Mm -hmm. um, did that put you out for a long time or was yeah. that right before the gym opened? Your gym? Uh, no, that was before. Uh, it was actually at a competition. It was right after I got my brown belt. Uh, it was a month after I got my brown belt. I decided that I will go to the uh, Europeans at Rome, which is Gi and No Gi. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. So during that time, when I was I was in the semifinals on on the open category, uh, I had to fight a guy that was two categories above me. He got me on a lockdown. There are sometimes that when you go, you are in a competition, uh, you feel that you own the match. Okay, from the first grip, from the first movements, and so on. And that was the case. So uh, I I took my two points. I w we went to the ground, uh, and I could feel that he was uh, under stress because he was feeling that I was ahead of the game. He got me into a lockdown. And that was my mistake that I overestimated uh, actually what I could do from there because my idea was there was he's not able to do the sweep. He's not able to do anything. I will slide out. I will do my movement. I will, I will go to the side and I'm going to continue my game. And unfortunately for me, what he did is uh, he pulled the legs. He pulled me from the label. He was longer than me. And I felt my knee, uh, I felt my actually ligaments getting destroyed. I could hear it and I could feel it. I, I could even smell it at that time. It wasn't that, it wasn't that nice. However, I didn't stop the match. I, I needed some few seconds to think about what to do. Uh, and that was stupid. I continued the match. I won the match. I won it with a submission. I, I, I rolled. I went under, uh, I, I was on the bottom. He did a mistake. I got the back. I went, I went for the submission. I finished the game. And then I continued. I went to the final with that knee. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, at that point, I felt that I was thinking that, okay, that's the right thing to do. And um, I was thinking, okay, I, I came up to this point. It's good to continue. I was thinking that my, my opponent came to that point. He had all that fight. It's it not nice to tell him now that you are not going to fight to the final. So I did it. After thinking about that, it was a really stupid thing to do because I could totally destroy my knee. So after that, when I realized that I had my ACL torn completely, I had an injury on the MCL. Uh, I had to stay out for maybe seven months, something like mm -hmm. that. And it was actually something that... It, it's it's the only win on a competition that can clearly remember, not because of winning, but because of winning after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 um, crazy how ego gets in the way when you're when you're doing stuff like that. Not even competing, but you just get your brown belt and you're like, oh yes, I'm gonna yes. do it, and then uh -huh. and then you get injured and you're like. No, I can do it. I can do it, and, and you keep going. No, no, you keep no. injuring yourself, mm -hmm. and then you, then the body says like, okay, you're not doing this anymore. So you just, you just exactly. cut it, and then, and then you need to stay home, and then that's when you get humble because you're like, okay, maybe I'm not Superman after all. Maybe I, exactly. my body that's is it. easy to break. Yeah, exactly. But what are you gonna do? You gotta, you gotta do. You gotta. Some people understand and and back off, and some people don't get it, and and they're forced to do it. So you were one of yeah. those people that were forced to sit <laughs> sit out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was, what was going through your mind at that point where 
you could feel that your ligaments were teared. And during the match, you mean, or, or after yeah, the match? During the match. Well, during the match, um, I, I was so focused on the game. All right, so focused that when that happened, I can remember that there was a taste in my mouth. So when we're saying that jujitsu is very close, it's like meditating. That's it, actually, because I was so focused that I could feel everything. And um, I cannot say exactly the right words, what I, what I said to myself about that happened. But um, I realized that there was damage. So the option was clear. I'm going to stay like that and say just, okay, I'm hurt and I'm going to stop. And that's reasonable. Or I, can, I could continue. And um, if that was happening now, I would stop. Because you need to estimate the risk of doing some more damage. All right. At that point, I was feeling that I can. And the other thing is that maybe I heard that I have to prove something. Okay. Proving to maybe myself, proving to my friends, proving to my team, and so on. Uh, after that, I realized that you should never prove anything to anyone, but you should know what you are. So. I was thinking, I started thinking, okay, there is a damage. I don't know what's the damage. I could feel that my leg was, uh, there was no stability on my movement. So I started planning on what to do next. So what I did is I was on top, I rolled to the side, and then I started doing a game that would protect my knee. So I couldn't close the guard. Uh, I couldn't step on the, on the ground. So I started... Uh, thinking of how to use the legs or how to get out of, of him or get out of being on the bottom because he was heavier than me. And I was lucky to be able to get the back. So that's how it, it ended. So you adjusted and you adapted uh, right, yeah. right at mm -hmm. that point? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, can you really do jiu-jitsu with one leg and one knee, that's crazy. Well, there are people doing jujitsu with uh, one leg and one arm and maybe mm -hmm. no legs at all. And, and you can see a lot of video in YouTube and you can see mm -hmm. people like that fighting with people with both legs, both arms and still winning. Mm -hmm. So after that, once it happened, like once you went back to Cyprus, what, uh, well, how was your approach in, in training after the injury? Did you did you just sit out and not go to train at all? Did you, were you going to just watch? Um, were you doing rehab? Um, when I came to, to Cyprus, I needed a month to be able to do the surgery. And the reason was because when that happened, I went to the doctors over there in the stadium, I mean. Uh, they put some ice with the spray. They, they, were, they did it so close to the to the skin that they actually burn the skin. Oh. So guys, you need to know first aid when you go into competitions. So I didn't know that. When I came back to from uh, back to Cyprus, I went to the doctor. He told me that I cannot do the surgery now because uh, if, you, if we do that, you're gonna get infected and you may lose your leg. So I waited a month and uh, during that month, um, I was going to the gym. I was doing some lessons with a special, uh, like uh, wearing over my leg and uh, keeping steady, but I was not able to do much. I did the, um, the surgery and then I started the physiotherapy that took long and I was not able to do any jujitsu. The only thing I could do is um, clearing my mind which is very, very important for jiu-jitsu, and then starting realizing my own mistakes. And uh, because you're going to, at the point, you're realizing that the mistakes are mostly because of bad muscle memory. And uh, you need to realize that you're doing the bad muscle memory, the movements, those movements, and by um, 
having a pause, stopping for some time, it, it, it fixes that. Otherwise, you have to have someone over you saying to you, stop doing that and start doing the other and so on. Mm-hmm. So seventh months were enough to, for me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine you ease back into it. You just started doing light, light work, mm-hmm. just started rolling again. Yes. Well, after that, I had to completely change my game. Um, I was doing some rolling. I was doing whatever I was doing before, but whatever I was using, my right leg has to be changed. So, mm-hmm. for example, if I was going for a, um, a takedown that will, will be with my right knee on the ground, you know, I had, had to change it. Mm-hmm. If uh, there was something that I had to use the the muscles of the right leg, I had to change it. So at the point now, I can I can use both legs, of course. There is no any any issue. But at that point, I had to change everything because I need to to protect my knee, and it's also psychological because um, when you have such an uh, operation over your knee. It's not easy to trust your knee that it's gonna hold. Mm-hmm. So, um, for the people that are doing such operations, the first thing that they need to ask their physiotherapist to do is to make them feel confident. It's not only about uh, getting that strength back from the knee, from the muscles. It's also about feel confident on balance, feel feel confident of movements. Uh, feel confidence on jumping on the one leg and things like that. It's very, mm-hmm. very important. And maybe it's the most important thing because at the point, you're going to get strong again. But that thing, uh, not feeling confident about your movement, is going to give you more injuries, more injuries mm-hmm. on the, over the knee, over your hips, over your ankles, and so on, and the back, of course. Yeah. Costantinos, um, we know you had another surgery recently. You seem to get, whenever you get to train normally for a while, you get injured and you need to stop. How do you try to keep in touch and try to keep evolving your jujitsu even when you're not able to train? Well, in general, if if we wanna wanna talk in general, um, the best thing to do is study, all right? Study Mm -hmm. is, depends on the level, of course, but study doesn't mean that you're going to copy movements. This is something that we discuss, Lucas, a lot of, of, of the times. It's not about copying what the other one will do. It's about seeing the concept. It's about understanding the idea. And it's about seeing some movements that you can adapt, that you can do. Because um, if you study something and it's there, it's your next game, Okay, you're not going to be able to to continue with that. You're not going to be able to follow that. And then, and then the next thing that you're going to see, you're going to like it, you're going to completely forget what you did before, what you studied before, and you're going to move on. So studying is something very important. And of course, um, seeing competitions, seeing the game, see what's new. Um, you're going to identify movements that you do, but you do doing with your own way. And you're gonna say what I'm doing is better, or it's gonna if, or it's worse, or doesn't lead to any anywhere. So if you see movements from others that what they're doing, you may be able to have in your mind because you know that jujitsu, yes, it's a lot of practice, it's a lot of experience, but it's also in your mind. And mm-hmm. one of the best methods to train. It's uh, visualizing your own movement. You should be able to be at a point that you're thinking of your movement and you can feel even the grips of the other guy. If you can do that, it means that you are at the right stage of being able to understand the movement. Mm. This is what, uh, what I'm actually asking from uh, a lot of my students to visualize. It's not always about doing the same move because if you if you do the movements all the time, you get that muscle memory, isn't it? But if you are able to visualize the movement, you get the details. You understand what you, you're getting into the movement. And that's very, very important. So 
during the times that someone is injured, that's the best approach for uh, uh, for his jiu-jitsu. And of course, trying to stay on his weight, which is also very, very important. <laughs> so yes, I, I have been in, in, a, in a very serious, it, it was not an injury. It was an operation that I had to do. And I'm at that stage now, yes. Mm -hmm. I never... I never thought about the visualization you said. I never thought about other people's position or grips. Now that you're saying it, I was trying to understand. And I was like, it makes sense. Like you, if I visualize something without the other person's grip, like then you kind of have you lose the whole concept. But mm -hmm. now you're saying I can think of like, okay, if I know where, if I'm doing the movement in my head, I need to be aware of like where the other person's grips are. So I exactly. can know yes. where to break it and what to do with it. If it's there, address it. So I never I, I never thought about that. That was very interesting that you said it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, do you wanna talk about your recent operation? Uh, you just had? Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, actually, it's not something pleasant to, <laughs> to talk about <laughs> it. Um, but it, there is some, something that I really want to say. I, I, will, I will say, uh, in brief, what actually happened um, during this December, uh, I felt that something is wrong. I had some pains, a lot of pains. I had to go to the hospital for and staying there. And uh, at, the, at one point, we thought that it was kidney stones, which is okay. Of course, the pain was something, and, and you know me guys, I can stand pain. Uh, I can tolerate that, but uh, it was it was something that I could not um, handle. Let's say, okay. At that point, I thought that this pain was the worst in my life. It was not. So, uh, after the first scans, um, the doctors uh, found out that I had a huge mass inside my body, and it was a tumor and I had to take it out immediately. So that was during December time. I did the operation. It was not easy due to the size. Uh, I had some issues after that. Uh, it was a tough period, a really tough period for me. Uh, but the good thing is that I'm good now and I'm here. <laughs> uh, what I want to say about my experience, that experience of mine, Besides uh, that we have one life to live and things like that, which is something that we were hearing that often. Um, what, uh, what I want to, to bring some awareness on is about taking care of ourselves, all right? What I mean by that is firstly, um, yeah, the doctor said that if I was not fit, things would be, would be much, much worse. All right. So first of all, taking care of our self in terms of having a good physical condition and so on. The most important thing that I want you all to understand is that people that knew me from before, yes, I was healthy and I was considered healthy, healthier than most of the people, yes. But it turns out that I was not that healthy and I could find out I could find about that if I was doing a checkup. I cannot, there was, there was no reason at the point to do that checkup, okay? And no doctors ever told me that you need to take care about that and that and whatever. But if for any reason I was deciding that I would do a checkup, um, I could find that, all right? It was, it was huge and it was dangerous and it was at the stage two. So that means that if I didn't have that, had that, that pain that day and it was continuing, maybe the things would get much, much worse. So what I want to, my friends and everyone, what I'm saying to my friends, and I want everybody to, to think about that, is that at the point, have a checkup. A checkup about anything, all right? It's, it's better to to check yourself and find nothing than uh, seeing yourself after some years and saying that if I was doing a checkup at the point, I would find that because 
um, I was lucky that I felt that pain. So this is something that I want everybody to think that it, it's an, it doesn't matter the age. You don't have to be 50 years old to go for a checkup. You don't have to find to be 50 years old to go for uh, for a stress test. You're gonna to do a blood analysis and so on. And again, I was doing that, and I couldn't find that there was something over there. Have it in mind, guys. It's something very, very important for you, for your people, and um, every everything that concerns you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's funny how like we like you'll take your car to change your oils. Like you you take care of the stuff that you have. Like why won't you get it? Go get a checkup. Like it's 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 really your own body. And like especially mm-hmm. us being in in like martial arts and and fitness and all that stuff. Like it's like you it's like it's literally your job like it, mm-hmm. you need you need yourself to be healthy to be able to be teaching you know so it's yep. like why not well, do that in that case it's not only about someone that is it's his job it's about everyone mm-hmm. it's about yeah. everyone and uh, if you have people that are around you and they're close to your family and so on you owe to that people that you know what's going on with you and i'm and i'm mm-hmm. saying again it wasn't that was nothing telling me before that Mm -hmm. there is something wrong with me nothing and uh, there is no doctor that could say that there is a chance a possibility that something will go wrong Mm -hmm. but again it was there Mm -hmm. so that's it okay thanks for sharing yeah very insightful Uh, i think we are you guys ready to leave the, the injuries in the dark Behind, we switch to something else. Yep, yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> okay, so we're having summer around the corner, and we we've been trying to promote on this page uh, the BJJ and Beach Camp uh, that's happening. And I know you guys went the, over the past years. Obviously, it didn't happen uh, this uh, last summer due to COVID. They were going to bring uh, JT, and it didn't happen. And and they're planning on it, doing it this year. And uh, you guys been there. So if you want to tell us like dates, not dates, but how many days is it? Like how many days do you train there? What else do you do? How many people and stuff like that? If you want to start, Costantino. Uh, of course, we don't know how many days and the dates for this year. We don't know even know that it's going to happen. Let's hope mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can say about the previous years. Uh, first of all, uh, the camp that is happening in Cyprus, which is an initiative of Andreas, it's something that is really huge for uh, our BJJ community in Cyprus. It's something that um, puts us on the map, on the, the BJJ map, the worldwide. Uh, something that um, should continue happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been uh, with uh, when the Martinez brothers came and uh, Cayotera. Uh, I was planning to go for the for last year, but of course didn't happen. Even if we did something small with uh, with Andreas. Um, okay, it, it's usually seven days, twice per day. The trains twice per day. Uh, you learn a lot over there. And uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it's not about the, the level that you are. White belts were, were there, black belts were there. Um, everybody has something to get. And there are so many uh, techniques and details and uh, things that you can discuss over there. And the fact that there are so many jujitsu people over there and you can discuss you can do your sparrings and uh, you can say what uh, what you did over there and so on this is uh, this is what you get this is uh, this is the benefit that you get it's not about just uh, attending the classes it's about being part of that um, let's hope that it's gonna continue happening and uh, let's see more cars happening in Cyprus. You know that Cyprus, it's a, it's a good location for things like that. Mm, I think you froze. Um, 
Fernando, you with me? Uh, okay. Yes. I think that, I think, yep. Okay. You can hear Continue. me? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, okay. we, you froze so, a little bit. Yeah, okay. So I'm saying that uh, we have good facilities. Uh, it would be good if we could get some more sponsorships for things like that. But with time, um, since um, sponsors are seeing what is happening in Cyprus, maybe they, they're going to do the approach. Mm -hmm. um, what I would like to see also, since you were discussing about camps, is about the competitions, more competitions happening in Cyprus. Not only local competitions, but we can do something more, something more than that. Uh, we can see other other countries around us having competitions like um, um, UAE uh, Jiu-Jitsu Federations competitions, uh, IBJJF. Uh, there are so many other federations growing now, and uh, people could approach them for things like that. So I believe that we can promote Cyprus for competitions and camps. It's something that would be really nice. And it's also something that uh, it's going to bring us all together into this. And the, the jiu-jitsu community uh, could grow, could grow a lot more than it's what, what it is now. Yeah. Um, um, Lucas, do you want to share your experience about on the camp? Yep. Um, except for, for what Costantino said, I'd like to add that when we're not training, I mean, they usually the training usually happens at night because it's really hot in Cyprus. So during the rest of the day, we usually go to the beach and have other fun activities that you may haven't got the chance to do if you're in another country or place. So you should definitely check it out and give it a try. Um, and what's really interesting is that you can actually spend time with some Jiu-Jitsu personalities like Kyo Terra, JT, where in other sports, you don't really have a chance to do it because if you think of Kyo Terra, he's like one of the best Jiu-Jitsu instructors and competitors in the world. You couldn't do that with someone of equivalent prestige in football or basketball. And what I'd like to ask as well is that to add as well is when you meet another person that does jujitsu, you immediately have a friend, in my opinion. I mean, I've met a lot of people through jujitsu and it was just like that. You already have a friend. You already have someone to share stuff with. You share something in common. And I believe that it's beautiful to have maybe 100 people that share love for this common martial art. And the environment is very healthy. Everyone is so friendly. You should definitely check it out. I can't recommend it enough. And it usually happens around August, right? Yeah. By the end. By the end of August, yeah. usually. By the end of August. Yeah, I miss it every year because I, I get back uh, beginning of August. So I've never been there once, but I'm planning this year if it happens to, to stay until September so I can, I can, go, I can go see it firsthand. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. BJJ and pitch come happening. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We hope. Yes. But let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sandino, let me ask you. We know that in, in other countries like the UK, the United States, even, even in less developed jiu-jitsu countries like um, the Scandinavian countries, Poland, every city or town has their own jiu-jitsu competition nowadays. Can you see the same happening in Cyprus? Like we can have the Limassol Open, Bathos Open, <laughs> Larnaga Open. That would be nice. Well, uh, th that was an effort for this, for this to be done. Um, okay, f first of all, uh, the London Open cannot be compared to Lisa Marshall Open, isn't it? Yeah, because if you're gonna if you're gonna say in terms of numbers, uh, that is a huge difference. Um, the other thing that people usually do not understand is about competition. Everybody is asking about competition, but who is willing to be 
uh, in charge of that. Um, we do have now a, a federation, but up to now we didn't have any federation. And there is a responsibility. There is a responsibility towards the people and there is a responsibility towards any injuries that may happen, isn't it? So up to now, there were initiatives for that and good initiatives. And we had some good competitions, but it's not an easy task. Now with the, with the new federation that is happening in Cyprus, let's hope that that will be the purpose and we're gonna have competitions, not only for the adults, but mainly for the kids, because there is, that, that's the future of Jiu-Jitsu, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So Jiu-Jitsu for the kids is, competitions for, for the kids is very, very important. And let's hope that from, from now on, that will be the, the case. As I said before, uh, there are opportunities for competitions, for, for being able to do competitions in Cyprus, that there be locals will be helping on how to make it and where and so on, but the host will be another federation. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and imagine uh, we have the World Pro, isn't it, in, in Abu Dhabi every April or something like that. So is there any better place for a competition happening uh, very close to the... Um, over there at that time, maybe it's going to be 40 degrees, something like that, isn't it? So if there is any better place to do a competition before that for for competitors, high-level competitors to use for their own preparation. Okay, we have mm -hmm. very similar characteristics in terms of weather and so on. So that's an, that's an example. Uh, the other thing is that uh, also with IBJJF, okay, IBJJF is spreading all over the world. All right, so why not having an IBJJF competition in, uh, in Cyprus? Of course, a lot of work has to be done and a lot of people has to be involved. And I'm saying again, let's hope that with a, with a new federation, uh, we will be able to do something, uh, uh, some of these things. Yeah, yeah on, that, on that federation part, um, we said it, we keep saying it that we got we started this page, we're getting a lot of pushback, uh, a bunch from the Federation, um, people not wanting to be part of it. And I, I think uh, the, the point is being missed that the whole reason this, this page is created and the whole reason we're doing this, it's actually to promote Jiu Jitsu in Cyprus. So all those people involved in the federations are people that have schools in Cyprus and if by doing this, by getting followers and people involved doing giveaways podcast, we're actually bringing those people. We're we're trying to bring more more people into those schools. So mm -hmm. we are uh, they're all welcome. Like if if anyone wants to, we reached out to a bunch of people. Like we have a lot of people sending us texts and telling us that we haven't reached to like some serious people in in Cyprus Jiu Jitsu, um, but we actually did, and we have negative responses. But we're still gonna try and get them to get here because like we're, we're trying to benefit them. Like we're not, uh, Lucas, Alexis and I, we're not, we're putting in time into this. We're not getting any money, but we're not trying to monetize it anytime soon. We don't think it will ever be monetized. We're doing this, like putting free time into use. And our main goal is to just make it grow over there. So future generations and, and schools have more people involved in it. And there's a better infrastructure in jujitsu. So, if anybody still wants to come, like we'll still keep contacting them. And, and if they say yes, if they say no, it doesn't, we don't have any hard feelings against anybody, but we're just trying to bring as many people in Cyprus as we can in here. So we wanna, wanna be united. We, we don't wanna have beef with anybody that's, uh, yes, that's in Cyprus. Exactly. So, but that's a purpose. And this is how I see your page. Okay, mm -hmm. your, your page is about promoting BJJ in Cyprus and not only. I don't see any reason for someone not wanting to come and talk. Of course, I mm -hmm. don't know about uh, if they have the time, but I'm sure that anyone can find some time to come and talk. In, in any case, it's going to be good for them and their people, the students mm -hmm. and so on. And it's good for, for everyone to getting knowing everyone. And mm -hmm. uh, what I mean is that uh, I lost count about how many blackbirds we have in Cyprus, but we have 
many, around 25, maybe 30 black belts. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about the number. It will be a good idea for everyone to support the, 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 that promoting of jujitsu mm -hmm. in Cyprus. And I don't see any reason for someone not wanting that. We, we all part of that community. I have to mm -hmm. say, I have to say that um, there were many efforts in the past for federations, all right? Mm -hmm. the, the sad thing is that it was not always with the, uh, I'll say the, the agreed opinion of everyone. And mm -hmm. um, there were some conflicts, there were some um, misunderstandings, I would say. It, it wasn't that healthy. Let's hope that from now on, uh, things will be changed. Uh, let's, let's hope that we're going to move on. Everybody has his own academy. Uh, I, can, I can say that all of the academies now are established and they have the students and they're growing and there is no reason for anyone to have um, conflict with anyone else. L let's try to make that, that environment healthy. And um, that's the base for, we wanna talk about competitions, okay? If the environment is not healthy, how are we gonna do competitions? We mm -hmm. need to support, we, we all need to support each other. And uh, especially during that, these times that we know mm -hmm. that jujitsu, okay, the gyms, the schools, and, uh, and especially jujitsu academies, uh, the, the impact on the jujitsu academies has been huge. The financial cost on the jujitsu academies has been, it, it, it's huge. And I can say that uh, even, even we at the House of Jujitsu are the point we are thinking that if it's, if it's, if it's financially um, right for us to continue with that, we don't even know mm -hmm. when we're going to open. So mm -hmm. I can say that closing, the academies, closing the academies is something that is very, uh, it, it's something that is, I couldn't say the right option, but I could say it's an option. So we need to support each other now. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and um, it's it's also about the people. We need to understand that everybody needs to support their academies. If we want to train again, we need to have the academies there. And mm -hmm. uh, at at our academy, we took a huge decision uh, with some adjustments that we're gonna do with some with some huge uh, decisions that we made that we're gonna keep the academy open up until the time we're going to be able to open it again. Mm -hmm. But maybe not everybody has that luxury to do, mm -hmm. isn't it? So let's, let's start from there, supporting our academies and then the academies to support the other academies and all together to be able to bring a result. And that result will be have competitions, have training camps, have events that they're going to promote Jiu-Jitsu and then we're going to come to a point that we're going to be able to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Yes, I definitely yeah. agree. I think, uh, we, I think what, what needs to happen now is new generations, basically more kids' classes happening. Mm -hmm. um, and if the, when we started, I started back in 2010, and like jiu-jitsu was not a, not a big deal. And not, not, it was pretty small in Cyprus still. There was nothing, there was no jujitsu insights or anything happening. We we're just training by ourselves. But now, if a, if a kid is on Instagram now, but now with the new generations, like new more people in their 30s having kids and their kids signing up in jujitsu, those kids in jujitsu are going to grow up in competitions mm -hmm. and seminars and BJJ camps and Instagram pages and all that promotion. So I think what I think we're laying foundation for the next generation for exactly. when that happens in five or 10 years from now, there's already going to be the foundation laid down for them from you guys and from what we're trying to do for, for it to grow. And it's going to help the, I think it's going to help the academies a lot if they have, exactly. I, I, and I know here in the States, like the big money makers in academies are the kids classes. 
It's like when you're well, signing up. It's the same kids. in Cyprus. Yes, it's mm -hmm. the same in Cyprus. But what 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 we need to see about the the kids classes is that these are the people that they're gonna promote jiu-jitsu approach, the, the Cyprus mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu approach. Because at at this point we have some good competitors, some great competitors. But these these are the people that came from the jiu-jitsu. Uh, from the kids' classes, isn't it? And now we're going to have more kids' classes and we're going to grow that. And we need to get people, more people, into major competitions. Okay, we need to put um, Cyprus Jiu-Jitsu into the map. Andreas Agnodis did that with the competition, when, when he had that competitions in, uh, in the... Um, the yeah. Uh, yes, in, at the ABI, EBI. And uh, mm -hmm. he also competed for the Nongi Awards and so on. Uh, Andreas did it with his own money, okay, and everybody, and we we went uh, for the Europeans and so on, and everybody's paying for their own pockets. This is something that is happening all over the world with Jiu-Jitsu, especially when mm -hmm. the uh, the um, the major competitions up to now were IBJJF and UAE and so on, where there are no money prizes. There are more, it's mm -hmm. you are lucky if you have and sponsorship, uh, sponsorship, but in Cyprus, this is not happening yet. Mm -hmm. So we, we, should, we should work a lot on the kids' classes. So these are the people that they're going to be able to do whatever we are not able to do. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the people that we were going to competition up to now, but we didn't have the the opportunities, we didn't have the sponsorships and so on. We need to promote Jiu-Jitsu with people that they're going to be able to have that. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And what what else I really like is fighter houses. Like, I think the first original fighter house was at Lloyd Irvins with Kinan, JT, Jamil and all these guys. Now we see fighter houses all over the United States, in Brazil, even Eleftheria from Cyprus, she basically yep. lives in a fighter house now. She trains twice a day. She's every day just training and living with the focus of training jiu-jitsu and getting better in jiu-jitsu. That is something that is less familiar in Europe. Can you see that happening more and eventually in Cyprus maybe? Well, I, I can see that happening. You, you mean with locals or you mean with... Something that is going to last for a short period of time, they're going to be able to have more people. If it's going to be with locals, I can see it happening with not great numbers, but at least it can happen. I mean, mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's going to be with locals because mm -hmm. who would come to Cyprus just to change Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it can happen, but again, it's something new as a concept. It's something good. Um, it's going to start with not that big numbers, the number of people, but it's going to grow and it can happen. It's going to be good. Of course, in Cyprus, the, the, the good thing that we're doing, okay, it's happening everyone, but I think that because we have that in, 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 in terms of people, we have that good relationships with the other academies, especially at our place every Saturday, we're having people from all over the all over Cyprus and mm -hmm. we enjoy having them and they are enjoying uh, coming and it's good to have more of these for a start so training together sparring together rolling together and things like that that's that will be the beginning of having something like that so yes it's a good idea and may happen in Cyprus at the point Something else I'd like to ask. I know you've started training 13 years ago. Maybe people consider that time during 2005 to 2012, 13, like the golden era of jiu-jitsu, the greatest of all times. The majority of the people in the gold conversation used to train at that time. People like Jorge Gracie, Rolly Estima, Marcelo Garcia, Shanji Hibero. Who were your role models growing up and training in that era that really influenced your jiu-jitsu? Um, <clears throat> when I started jiu-jitsu, uh, 
actually the greatest of all that of all times are, are at that time are still the greatest and i mean it's about hojo gracie it's about braulio estima it's about um ribeiro it's about um, lovato it's about people that they were great at that time okay they are still considered great at this time okay mm -hmm. And imagine that with, with that guys, we have the same age, okay? But they were black belts when I started Jiu-Jitsu. And now I'm a black belt. And if, and if there is a competition I'm going to go, I'm going to face these guys. <laughs> so it's a kind of weird thing. So, um, yes, I, I think that, that era, that time, you were the greatest about, uh, for Jiu-Jitsu because it was, I can remember... Uh, for example, Europeans, okay? Europeans, when they started, there were not so many people, okay? And year by year, you can see that it was growing. It was growing, maybe it was growing a thousand every year. So if you're going to go now to Europeans, you're going to see maybe a full stadium. You're going to see, at that time, it was not like that. It was a small stadium. The, the first time I went for the Europeans, it was 2010. It was a small, small stadium. And um, you could see everyone over there. You could see all the big names, okay? Now, when you're gonna go to the Europeans at the new stadium that they're doing it, that's not even enough for the people to, uh, either for the competitors or the people that they're gonna just come to see what's going on. It's not, it's not enough anymore. So at the point they have to move. That was the, maybe the best years for, for Jiu Jitsu. Not saying that these were the, the best competitors because we do have competitors now. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's something that you, they, are, they are able to, let's say, evolve their Jiu Jitsu during their competing, their, their competing mm -hmm. time. And this is something very new because at that times when you could see, for, for example, you could see Homulu uh, Baral fighting. He could finish anyone with a single movement. Anyone. Now it's not that easy. Now it's not that easy. So, yeah, that, that were the these were the names. Yes. And mm. Europeans, when they started, they... I guess they were like the easy major to participate in and maybe win. Mm -hmm. Now this is not the case. No. The guys that win the Europeans usually win worlds as well. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Because uh, they're coming from all over the world. The top names are going now to the Europeans. It's not like before. Um, for going for the Europeans, you have to have a specific preparation to do that. It's not something that, okay, I will go and maybe I will be lucky. No, you're not going to be lucky. There is no such thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think now there's, there's a point restriction as well. You need to compete prior to the Europeans and gather some points from previous IBJJF competitions for black yes. belt adult. Adults, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe master one, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe not. But for adults, yes, uh, you have to to show that you are able to, to be there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And something else I'd like to ask next week, or there's a great event coming up. Who's number one, Craig Jones versus Ronaldo Jr. I'd like to ask your predictions or Craig, or Craig Jones versus Ronaldo and Gordon Ryan versus Roberto Jimenez. Uh, that would be a great event. Uh, <laughs> Of course, the main event is with Greg Jones, but when um, Gort Ryan stepped in, uh, we can assume that the main event is the second match instead of the first mm -hmm. one. So what I see is that um, uh, we all know about Greg Jones. He's very experienced. He's, uh, he, he has a phenomenal gain about finding the gaps of everyone's games. He's uh, one of the best leg lockers of, of, of the world. Um, I can say that he will find a way how to win. Mm -hmm. And um, 
even if uh, Ronaldo Jr. is aggressive, a very has a very aggressive game, like he's coming from others. Uh, this is very uh, something that is characterizing all the guys from there. He has a very aggressive passing. He has a very aggressive game. He's uh, he's gonna get that pass no matter what. But um, I believe that this is something that it's gonna be the gap that Greg Jones will be looking at and find that uh, the, the point that he will be able to attack and go for his favorite game. Yeah, I think so that. Ronaldo's game is more effective when he plays against open guard players, whereas Craig Jones is more of a half guard Ziggard player, which mm-hmm. can usually slow down aggressive passers. Well, you, you can never say that uh, it, it's, it's up to the, the pace of the match, isn't it? Yeah. So. Last event with Jimenez, it was also a great game. But again, mm-hmm. he found a way how to win the match, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, it's I I believe that he's gonna look for his uh, for his favorite guard to follow. But since he knows with who he's fighting with and and the style, he will be able to adapt that. And he and mm-hmm. he fought it before with uh, with with guys that they were pursuing the the pass at all means. Mm-hmm. So this is how I see it going. Uh, it's funny how uh, you you were saying that uh, the the main event is is Craig Jones and then and then Gordon Ryan stepped in and now he's like he shifted the focus and it's it's ironic because uh because Craig Jones Instagram bio says uh, second place in everything. And it's yes. like even it, even in an event like that, he's like, "Oh shit, dude!" Like I had, I had the, I had the main card, and now I'm like, I guess. Yeah, bad luck. <laughs> I remember yeah, exactly. when when Craig Jones said, "I'm the most well-known, less accomplished grappler," and Simon told <laughs> yeah. him, "No, no, that's Dylan Danis," and he told him, "Well, I guess I'll have to challenge him," and he challenged him lately, <laughs> recently for a match. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah. no. What about Gordon and Roberto? How do you see that going? Um, well, first of all, uh, there is a weight difference, which will mm-hmm. play a huge role in the game, isn't it? I like uh, I, I like Jimenez. I like his game. I like his style. He's um, he's going for the for the finish. Um, of course, we know that Gorto Ryan has a um, very in detail game that he knows exactly where he is and what to do and how to move and so on. And being able to outmuscle his opponent is a huge advantage and huge disadvantage for Jimenez. Uh, to be honest, I would like to see uh, Jimenez being able to take the back of Gordon Ryan and being able to finish. I would like to see that. But I believe it's going to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. But I'm still betting on Jimenez. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think Jimenez is doing the right thing too because he's like, he's putting himself out there and he's, he's never saying no to any challenges. He knows, he knows that's the way to do it. And like, I don't, I don't know his mentality, like stepping into the match, but it's, it, it was, it was given to them, and he, he takes every opportunity that it's mm-hmm. presented to him, and he's doing the right things to get to the top. And he's, he's ranked number one, right, uh, one eighty-five. Uh, he uh, used uh, to be, but yes, he lost to, you know, uh, Craig Jones is the first one, and two at two o five. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto used to be the first one at one eighty-five. But then he lost recently to Isaac Bahen, so mm. I don't know what happened to the rankings. Uh-huh. But he's he's doing he's doing the right, and he's he's 20, 20 he's, he's training twenty years old. Year. Yes, so yeah, this is so what he has to do. It's not something that yeah. we like him to do. It, but it's what he has to do. And imagine if if, if he's like that at his twenties, where he's gonna mm-hmm. end up in when he's gonna be twenty five, isn't mm-hmm. it? 
And uh, it's, it's just about, this is also how Gorto Ryan started his uh, career, isn't it? He started doing by mm-hmm. that age, taking all the opportunities, and he's there. And, and you also know that maybe we, we assume that Gorto Ryan, and he is one of the greatest uh, grapplers in, in the world, but uh, there will be a point that somebody else will be that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's it's not always that staying to the top for so long. Okay, there will be a time that he's gonna do a step down, and from there on, stepping down will be easier for the for his other opponents. This is how mm-hmm. I see it. See all the the other greatest names be, besides Hojo Gracie. Okay, there was no one could be able to stay on top for so long and be able to brag for that. Isn't it? There were mm-hmm. other, uh, there were other uh, competitors that they were at the at the top for mm-hmm. some time, and then somebody else came, and then somebody else mm-hmm. came, and it goes like that. Yes, I agree. Osandino, um, I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. It was was a really interesting talk. We had some inter- we discussed some great topics. Thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. I Thanks hope to see you soon on the mats. I hope Hopefully. we hope so, dude. Hopefully. Have a good day, man. It was good talking Thank to you. Thank you so much, Constantinos. Thank you very Bye. much, guys. Bye-bye.